Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Val. We are back. I, I, sorry, I cut you guys off as we were getting ready to record. I didn't want to hear any of your stuff, <laughs> so, though. That was it. I kind of wish, like, we we need to figure out a way to get the Patreons, like the backstage drama that sometimes happens. <laughs> and by drama, it's like us laughing. <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to oversell the drama piece because, guys, it's we, not. This isn't like keeping up with Kardashians here. We, and we are not like some movies that like when the movies make a really good trailer to hide the fact that they have a really bad movie. We're not like yeah. that. We no. just, we are, we're, what you see is what you get. We are exactly the quality you expect when you see our trailer <laughs> or any of our episodes. Now Sometimes I'm better saying, quality than others, but it really just depends on, you know, if we talk about the movie or not during the episode true. where we're supposed to talk about a movie. And I'm interested, I'm going to tune into Multiplane this week, because not only do I get to hear Val talk about Guardians 2, I'm curious if you guys are going to talk about the fact that the Phantasmic Dragon caught on fire. You'll have to tune in. I'm excited to see, because I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, that's last week's episode, so if you didn't, if you want to jump into Multiplane Podcast, which is a sister podcast, it's all things Disney. We have a Jake over there as well. He's new, but it's not this Jake. A different yeah, Jake. Jake. It's yeah. me, Ty, and Jake. And uh, they're actually, uh, it's going to be really neat because they're going to be at Disneyland for May the 4th because they're going to Star Wars Nights. So they're doing a special live um, cool. episode from there. So if you're into that, um, between Ty and Jake, I think they know everything about Disneyland. Like it's there. I'm just a fan that talks about my feelings, yeah. but they actually like know things. <laughs> And uh, so I'm, we will see. They're going to try and be at Disneyland when we run in January. Awesome. So they fun. can support us um, out there. They're not going to run, but they're going to try and be there. Um, and then next week, hopefully we're all going to get together and do a Guardians 3 episode. We'll see if, be fun. if that can work out. Yeah. That'll be way fun. Uh, and Jake, we our sister podcast. Um, um, Age of Geek. Age of Geek. Cutscenes and cupcakes. Cutscenes and cupcakes. I'm sorry, ladies. I just had a brain fart. That is not a reflection on your podcast. They That's... don't listen to our show, so they're not. Um, they don't feel bad. But... <laughs> Whoa, we are all sorts of calling out here. No, I was okay. going to say I finally, um, I finally picked up a PlayStation, and so now I can get more into the cutscenes because it's been a while since I've been a gamer. So I've been checking out God of War the last couple days. Is that what the kids are playing now? The PlayStation Ten or whatever. It's a. I got a five. Yeah. That's the newest one. Can you still play games on that? Yeah. Okay. This is the what new did one. You think they were using it for? What's what's the what's the ten that came out? I thought it was PlayStation has a is it five? It's not a ten. It's a five. It's the no, white one that looks five. all sleek. Yeah, that's the yeah. Five. No, for that's some reason five. I thought it was a ten. That's how oh. much I pay attention to anything because we have one, and I play Roku on it. I've, I've, okay. I've heard <laughs> nice. the Spider-Man games. I've heard the Spider-Man games are fantastic. I play with so the Spider-Man Roku. games are really good. I like the Miles Morales game. I f- that was one of the ones that I actually finished, and it's one of the first games I've finished in a long time because 
I tend to start them and then it gets to a point where like it I can't get through it without playing it for hours and hours yeah. because I can't figure out the puzzle or whatever. Oh, and I'm like, I have too much game. stress in my life without this. I don't need the game to be stressful. And so, um, but but to be honest, a lot of the newer games, they've started coming out with the story mode where it's a lot less fighting, a lot less puzzles. You kind of just play through the story. Mm-hmm. And that is the mode for me. I'm not ashamed to admit it because okay. that's just what I need to do to enjoy it. So. Um, I play Tetris on my phone. There you go. That's that's about as gamey as I get. Did you guys see the Tetris movie? I haven't watched it yet. I want to. Yeah. Did you like it? It It was interesting. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't like amazing. It was interesting. There was was a reviewer that I read their review of Tetris, and they mentioned uh, it is not actually based on the game. And I thought, were there people out there who thought that it was based on the game? Because <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of zero like, story in Tetris. Like it's, the game. it's a lot of back and forth of um, like timelines of who's fighting who about things because they have to go to Russia a lot because the guy who created Tesla yeah. Tetris we were talking about that last week <laughs> is in Russia, but things a lot of things are happening there. And things controlled by all these other things. And so it's a lot of this back and forth. And so, yeah, it's very not about Tetris at all and all about the the people who the person who created it, the people who managed to get the rights to it. And at one time, there's a whole bunch of people that claim to have the rights to Tetris. Um, And it's kind of how we were talking last week about how you have like Tesla and you have, you know, Edison. Edison and all these are and who's going to get to it first and you have Nintendo and you have PlayStation and you have all of these things and then you have this small guy that's running this thing out of his house that's trying to get the rights you know and so it's it's it was interesting um mm-hmm. but yeah it's very much about the game of getting the game than mm-hmm. it is yeah. the game sure yeah which yeah. makes oh, sense like, because again zero Jake, story not a lot of plot actually. Yeah. 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 But I will say this as far as Tetris goes, I still have my original Game Boy and Tetris cartridge. Nice. That I got when I was a kid. Very nice. And every once in a while, I'll put some batteries in it and play it. And Ben thinks it's the coolest thing ever until he turns it on and starts playing it. And then he's like, I'm going to go play with my Switch. Yeah. You know, yeah, grab the Switch. The that's all about in color. my speed, Jake. I have yeah. my Game Boy Color with the Rumble Pack and I uh-huh. have. Nice. Um, pinball it's pokemon pinball nice. and that's the only pokemon i've ever played in my life wow that yeah but the rumble pack when you play the pinball uh-huh. and it goes it like rumbles your whole thing pack. yeah mind-blowing yeah love it uh, i love it i will say one of the nice things that i've just rediscovered on my playstation 5 that i've enjoyed quite a bit uh is getting physical media again because it will play the ultra hd 4k discs Ooh. And I'm not trying to hype it up, but it is better than watching the 4K digital stuff. Like it oh, is nice. a noticeable difference. Like I, for last week's episode, I watched the Prestige, and I <laughs> bought it because I hadn't, I didn't have it on Apple, and so I bought the Ultra HD 4K disc, and uh, it was really nice. That's I cool. thought it was really, really great. So I might buy more of those, which was not exciting for my wife to hear. So. <laughs> Do that. 
<laughs> I am really excited that I don't have to buy Pride and Prejudice on disc any, anymore because I have gone through three discs Whoa. of Pride and Prejudice until they got it on streaming. And so I per I've purchased it twice on streaming because the first time I purchased it, we had Xfinity, right? right? Mm. And if you buy Sorry. it, it goes with, yeah, it goes with you. But then like I got a divorce and right. then I had to get my own Xfinity and I'm like, but I bought all of this stuff. How do I get those movies? And so I totally lost that. And so then when I got apple or not apple but prime uh -huh. um mm -hmm. i bought it again and now that just goes with me everywhere and now all of the movies what i love about it is all of the movies that you do get disc and you get the little download code yeah, yeah. all of those movies go together which That's i really cool. yep. i really love but so this is something that now all of you are going to know about me because i don't think anybody except for dave knows this about me i think i told you two a, a little while ago, but Pride and Prejudice is like my, like my blankie of a movie. So if mm -hmm. you're a little kid and you have like a whoopee or a blankie or a whatever that makes you feel better and helps you sleep at night, if you can't sleep or if you're going through something, that's what this movie is for me. And I don't know why, like, it's not the best movie in the world. It's the Joe Wright version of Pride and Prejudice. Mm -hmm. And the screenplay is by Joe Wright, Emma Thompson, and Deborah Mongich. I don't know how to say her last name, but Emma Thompson's in there, sandwiched in there. And I love that. Um, and it's the one with Kira Knightley. And if you are like a deep-seated lover of Pride and Prejudice and you've read the books, you probably hate this movie. Because this movie cuts out kind of all of the fluff and stammering of the book and i'm not saying i don't dislike the book but there's a lot of things in the book that do not transfer to a movie setting in mm -hmm. a way that keeps the pacing we talk about pacing a yep. lot on this show right yep. the other pride and prejudice that you could watch is like a six hour mini series on pride and prejudice yeah. and that you're yeah. going to get almost everything because the book is huge so you cannot put that big of a story is the book in it. I don't remember it being that big. I think because of all the details of what everybody that's wants, you so. can Not string it along. Yeah. It's a very intricate, detailed story. It's not like, you know, like, like really thick, but it's yeah. just, it's this big story that people just, I mean, it's Jane Austen. So people just really kind of connect to it. And, but I literally will probably watch bits and pieces of this movie five days a week. If yeah. Dave knows I'm having a hard night or it's been a long week and I he knows I'm going to bed before him, he will literally, I'll go downstairs, he'll give me a kiss, I'll get into bed, he will turn on Pride and Prejudice for me and go upstairs and play video games. <laughs> like that's, I didn't know like that I was training him, it was never my intention but, but that's how thoughtfully is I've never made him watch it when if he comes in the room like he can turn it off okay and turn on whatever because we know I'm probably going to go to sleep but I've never made him watch it because I know it's not sure. it's not his thing just like Tracy I know it's not your thing but right for me it's probably one of the most
this is interesting. What's going What's happening? on? <laughs> Did I hit a button? I hit a button. I hit what a button. That? What was the sound? <laughs> it's Super, Super Mario Brothers. Brothers. <laughs> it's like this little eight bit. Uh. I I'm like so in sorry. this really like feeling part of my story. <laughs> I am so sorry, Val. I'm kidding. So it wasn't sorry. really that important. That wasn't really I, that So I, I went, okay. So let me explain what happened. <laughs> step by step, everything that happened. I went to go find out how big the Pride and Prejudice book was because this was obviously something we needed to decide right now. <laughs> Not really. But it's that, it's that, this section right here. Yeah. Okay. So it's not huge. It's okay. huge. It's huge, but it's. And then, as I was trying to find that, I hit my soundboard buttons. Now I cannot hear the sounds in the soundboard buttons. It does not come through to my earphones. Okay, but you obviously can. Yeah, and I'm sorry about that. That was awesome. Right. That was like, fun. It was I mean, probably we, the old you school didn't know you needed thing. Mario Brothers and Pride and Prejudice together, and it works. <laughs> um, it's but what I'm saying, it's one of the needed. most. It's one of the most beautiful movies that I've ever th seen. Yeah. The cinematographer for Pride and Prejudice is one of my favorite cinematographers. Um, and so for me, it's just a very calming mm -hmm. movie. Yes, the story is the story and I don't mind it. But the reason why I love it so much is the scenery and the coloring and the calming of the um, music. And I remember last week, guys, like we were talking about all of these actors that like showed up in the prestige. But if you're yeah. watching yeah. this version of Pride and Prejudice, you are seeing Carrie Mulligan. You are seeing mm -hmm. Rosamund Pike. You are seeing Simon Woods. You are seeing Jenna Malone. You are seeing Rupert Friend. There is a lot of people other than Kira Knightley and Matthew. I don't know how to say his last name. Never have. Um, Matthew Darcy. Mr. Yeah. Darcy okay, um, now, in this movie. I have been watching Succession on HBO. Yes. He popped okay. up on screen. I'm like, Tom! Tom! <laughs> yes. The movie needed more Greg. The movie needed more Cousin Greg. That's what this movie is missing. Yeah. Well, it does have Tom Hollander as not Mr. Tom Collins, which I love Tom Hollander. He's and not he Tom plays... Holland. No, Tom Hollander. We've had this discussion before. Plus, we have Donald oh, you Sutherland. You were expecting Tom Holland, and it was Mr. Collins. That's a disappointment all around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, but yeah, we've got heavy hitters: Judy Dench, Donald Judy Dench. Sutherland. Yeah. Again, we talked about her recently. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, this love movie has a lot Donald of great Sutherland people. in this movie. I don't love him. No, like, he's fine in a lot of stuff, <laughs> but in this movie, I liked his character a lot yes. as Mr. Bennett. And I loved the mom. She is like so. Oh my gosh. So much all the time, but she does it in such a way that you just want to keep watching her unravel. Because I've seen like other like if you watch the the television series, the mom on there is just annoying to me. And I'm sorry, don't yeah. hate me. I don't want to get the hate mail, but I really love this actress in the mom because she is like so much, but. She is so good at it and it just fits in her and Donald Sutherland and how they just are this opposites. These polar opposites to me is so fun. I think that there is for sure this couple, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett that live somewhere in Utah County and are exactly the same as they are in this movie. And they fit in fine down there. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. 
the whole like i've got five daughters and i need to get them married off tell me that isn't happening somewhere in utah county right now when she's like i'm 27 I'm like yeah that sounds about right for you yeah except it'd be more I'm a you burden to my family yeah yeah <laughs> Um, but I love, that's what I like about a lot of British actors, um, like Judy Dench, where they just kind of pop up in these movies and they're not like huge roles. She's not a starring role in this movie. Um, but she pops up and she's just, she's still so good. Like there are some actors when they're in a movie and it's a smaller role where they kind of just phone it in and she does like, they just never do that. It just seems like the Brits just. Like, look, if I'm going to be in this movie, I'm going to be I'm in this committed. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Caine and Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah. I'm going to be acting with Muppets, but you better believe I'm going to be the best dang Ebenezer Scrooge you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. When Judy Dench's character shows up to the house at the end of the movie and it's the middle of the night and she just starts berating Karen Knightley. And yes. then the family is like, and you know, when my other daughter was married and she just this straight face is like, you've got a small garden, you know, like basically yeah. like you are not important. I don't know why you're talking to me. Like I, <laughs> she just deadpans this. I, she just, I, you, like you said, she's comes in. It's this important character, but not a lot of screen time. And yeah. it's just. Yeah. I, the other thing I really like about these kind of period pieces that happen in England is it always leaves me wondering what did the aristocrats do like all day? Yeah. Nothing. Cause watching this or like Downton Abbey or things like that, like nothing is the right answer. Like they just are rich and that <laughs> they is so busy they wake up so in the morning all the time. And their job is just being rich and doing rich people things, which <laughs> looks like nothing. And I I'm always baffled by that. So someone, if you're a former 19th century, 18th <laughs> century aristocrat from England, please send us an email. Let us know what do you do. Just with yeah. your day, I, send you us know. a pigeon letter. Yeah. <laughs> send us a handwritten note. Yeah, send it by pigeon. Yes. Yeah, but not in cursive because we can't read that crap. Yeah. yeah. I Just can kidding. read it. I can read cursive. We're old. We're all old enough that we can still read. My kids can't. Yeah. What were you going to say, Tracy? I was just going to say, I remember um, going into my senior year of high school and I got into the AP English class and we had to read over the summer. We had to read Pride and Prejudice and Crime and Punishment. And I thought, I'm going to start with the smaller book. And I started Pride and Prejudice and I got like 20 pages in and I'm like, this book sucks. And so then I went to Crime and Punishment and I made it all the way through Crime and Punishment I made it all the way to the end. I never went back to, to Pride and Prejudice. I got the cliff notes because I could not force my way through through that book. This is and, and it's a it's a me thing. I can't watch Downton Abbey. Just this whole English you know what I think period. You would enjoy is Pride, Prejudice, and Vampires. Yeah, that one might be up here. I don't I don't know if I could. I mean, it's I, hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. See now, you didn't think Van Helsing was hilarious, so this this worries me. I I liked Van Helsing just fine. Well, not Van Helsing, uh, Renfield. Excuse me, Renfield. Renfield was hilarious. When have you, we ever had a deep you know. conversation about Van Helsing? And who didn't think that was hilarious? Because you is don't hilarious. even know me, Tracy. You don't even know. 
Um, no, I, I agree with you. There are some things that I really like to watch on screen and or listen to that I can't read. Mm-hmm. And I, I decided a couple of years ago because I liked this movie so much that I would read Pride and Prejudice because I, like you, I assumed that I probably read it or was told to read it sometime in high school. And then I probably right. didn't, I probably skimmed through and then wrote a book report and did whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I tried to read it and I couldn't really get into it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to it. So earlier um, this year or later last year time, whatever um, I listened I'm to fine. it. And I was like, there's a lot in my, one of my favorite movies that is not in the movie that's in this book. And, and I was like, I'm okay with what they cut out because a lot of what they cut out are like, um, just little, like what Jane Austen does well is she does put attention to detail. Right. Uh But I also think in some stories, putting too much detail in there can slow down a reader. Right. Yeah. And so for me, I, I really like the movie because the movie gives me everything that I need and I don't need any of the other little bits and pieces of things. This is going to frustrate Jake, but that's kind of how I feel about the Lord of the Rings. And it's It's been a long time since I've read that, but I love. Jake. Okay. Just because I know you're, you're big Tolkien guy and, and, uh, but I remember I loved The Hobbit. Like I found The Hobbit, read it, loved it, started reading Lord of the Rings and I got like halfway through the two towers and I was like, I, there were too many people with too many similar names and I was getting confused and there was so yeah. much detail about stuff that I didn't really care about. And so I never went back and finished those either, but I love the movies. It's hard um, because I think with a lot of classic literature, it's, the style is just so different than how we write books today and the books that we read today. And that makes me sound like I'm really just not well-read and that's fine. I, you can judge me however you want. I don't care, but I agree with you, Tracy. Like I love Tolkien and I love the world that he built, but I also recognize that there are parts of the Lord of the Rings that are really hard to get through. Okay. Uh, And like, I'm going to say it and there's going to be haters and it's fine. Again, I really don't care. You guys can like me or not, but (laughs) people are upset that Tom Bombadil never made it in to the Lord of the Rings movies. That was absolutely the right call by Peter Jackson to not include that character in that part of the story, because it is this whole huge like tangent that Tolkien goes on with this character that plays no real important part in the rest of the story. Yeah. Why are we even throwing them in there? So, like, I agree. Like, sometimes you read a book and the movie does it better for a movie. Yes, yes. And so I, I, and that's, I get what you're saying. Yeah, now. that's the difference here is, you know, with this version of Pride and Prejudice, the writers, because there's mm-hmm. three, and the director wanted to make this visually romantic movie. And it is that there are so many things that visually you just fall in love with the scene. um, There are a bunch of different scenes that I love, but one of the scenes that I love that has been like now taken um, by a few other movies after it is when she is on that little tire swing. Yeah. And she's Mm -hmm. trying to like figure out her life and the seasons change. Right. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and that is one of my favorite things because not only did the season change, but the coloring changes. So the time you feel that over time, because there's a whole bunch of time that happens in the book between yeah. when she was, um, asked when she was, um, asked to get married. And then when her friend comes and tells her that she is now marrying the same guy that asked her, there are these times that go by. And so you, you definitely have these in movies, you have to figure out how you're going to show time when you're dealing with something that was either a musical, a play, a, a book in ways. Right. And it was, this movie is going to be visually, um, I just, it's just, I just want to eat it. It's so delicious <laughs> yeah. that I think they just went with that. And so for me, it really worked. And I just loved how they changed everything about that one area they changed, they put puddles, they put rain, they yeah. put then mud, and then like it's just all this, and, yeah, yeah, just hay and all of this stuff. And I just love that detail. And then you have the golden light, and then you have the white and blue yeah. light, and then you have all of these things. And then the music, the music of this movie is so simple because we have all heard these songs over and over and over again in other movies, but it makes you feel so comfortable and it's so recognizable that you believe what you're seeing and hearing like it's that just yeah. warmness of its comfort but they kind of do with her, with jane the same thing they do in marvel movies is they give her a song so mm -hmm. anytime her life is going in the right direction they play this similar song either she's playing yeah. it on the piano or it's playing in the background or it's doing this thing and i really i really love that yeah i i I, that scene stood out to me as well on the swing. Um, and I thought, how else do you show the passage of time when they do the same thing every day, which is nothing except <laughs> to show. Well, and I like it too, that visually she's twisted. No, yeah. it, she is. And that shows yeah. that like, mm -hmm. there's a lot that's said about them. And, and there are a lot of subtleties in this movie and the way that the actors uh, portray the characters in this movie, the looks that go between Mr. Darcy and and the Elizabeth Bennett character and the, and the back and forth that they do, like it's really really well done and really well uh -huh. played by the actors and and done by the director I think because I they're all very subtle and they're saying yeah. a lot with their looks without saying yeah. anything. Yeah, and I don't understand why Kiera Knightley didn't become a bigger name. Like she kind of did remember. with Pirates, but she's a very interesting actress i like like when i see her in things i really do like what she does i think she was getting yeah. cast in a lot of similar things and she wanted yeah. to go out of that and so she made some some choices um and so i just think she's very particular now about I mean, what like she's still she working she's in yeah. the new um hulu series with the where she's hunting down the mass murderer i yeah. can't remember which one but yeah uh, but she's, for me, she's kind of for me, she's kind of hit and miss for me. But yeah. I do for me in this in this movie, I think she definitely I don't see her, I see Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and in some of the movies that she's in, I see her. Um, she's kind of like the female Gyllenhaal for me, in that <laughs> it's like I either love her in it or I'm like, uh, like I don't know how this is gonna go when I see that she's cast. But the scene at the end of the movie where she wakes up 
and then she goes out for a walk and then you see Darcy coming and you've got the fog and you've got the sun coming in and you've got the dew and it goes from like this blue and gray like sogginess into this like light and you're just like they're in love and this is the best like that is one of the best shot scenes in a romantic movie that I have ever seen. I think I needed to watch this. Like, I think you needed to see Renfield with me. And I think I needed to see this movie with you. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't think we should do it like back to back. I'm having, but... <laughs> way more fun. I'm having way more fun listening to you describe this movie than I actually did watching the movie. And it's, I think, I think it's because I've seen it so many times. I don't think that it is. It's not like the best piece of art ever made. But for yeah. me, because we all have that movie that makes us feel better. And for some reason, I yeah. latched onto this movie at a time in my life where I needed everything this movie was giving me. I right? Totally you yeah. have a strong yeah. female character that doesn't want to just Settle. give in to what she's supposed to be doing. And right. I feel like when I was going through my divorce, this was that for me. Yeah. Right? Um, it's also a lot, a big family of smart people that doesn't like to follow along what everyone else does when she's sitting at dinner and she's like, well, do your sisters draw? No. Well, did, did they play music? Do they, well, they don't do anything because it wasn't important to our parents. And she didn't see anything nah. wrong with that because, you know, F you basically, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I love that scene so much because she's like, well, you, you speak, you know, so forward, you know, she, and she's like, when I tell you that I don't play very well, I'm not, you know, this is not me like I'm lying. Not being modest. Yeah. I'm not being modest. Like I do not play. And everybody's like, you just, you need to, she said, you have to, you need to go play, you know? And so for me, I just, yes, it's beautiful. The story is a story that we've heard. We we're, we know about it, but I also think that these characters that are in kind of, and I'm going to throw this out there, what people think is a frivolous Jane Austen love story, right? Mm -hmm. They're smart. All of them are smart. They are strong. They each have individual um, personalities, which you don't often see in stories like this. Like the sisters, I just want to smack some of those sisters, right? Like oh they're goodness. just yeah. annoying. When I first saw Rupert um, in, in the movie, it was this movie. And... Rupert Friend and he plays Wickham. It was hard for me for a long time to watch him in anything else because I'm like, you're a dick, Wickham. You are a yeah. dick. I don't like you. You are yeah. like, you know, but when he, the whole look at like the table and how uncomfortable they are, you know, and he's like, and I got stationed and blah, 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 wherever that is. And his dad's like, good. <laughs> like, because you need to get out of here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just like the little things, Jake, like you said, the little things yeah. about every little different personality and how yep. they come back to things that they say to other people and they bring them back later in the movie. That's when you, when I know the writing is so great. Yeah. They had a great story to begin with, but um, when they, there's little things that are said over here and then they bring them back around to make them actually mean something. I love. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of that in this and um it 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 was a more interesting movie i think the first time that i saw it it was more interesting than i thought it would be 
because like Tracy, this is not my normal mm-hmm. go-to genre, but my wife loves this movie and she loves the miniseries. Um, like when she wants to just get that dose of pride and prejudice and value, get it. You've explained that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like when she just needs that dose, she puts this on, but That's sometimes like, she needs more than she'll put the six hour one on and watch it over a week or whatever. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think, part of the reason why I like this movie is because, and I think part of the reason she likes it is because the the main character is so different from what society thinks that she should be. I mean, she's surrounded by her sisters who are all obsessed. I mean, they go down to see the militia coming in because they're guys and they're new guys that need to get married. And, you know, that is their whole goal and whole uh, purpose and what they're doing. And, Elizabeth is different. And I think my wife felt that way growing up a lot, that she was just different. Um, Mm -hmm. And she just saw the world a little bit differently than a lot of the other girls she knew her age. She grew up with sisters. She had two sisters that are really close in age to her. And she just felt like she was different. Uh, And I think she could see a lot of that in this movie. And that's what, to me, what I really like about it too, is I feel like we've all been in that spot where we're different but this is the good kind of different, right? Where she, oh, there's a bad kind of different. That's not what I'm trying to say, but where she is, she's strong and independent. She speaks her mind. um, And she's not a serial killer different. That's the bad. Right. Yeah. And she's not like, she's not trying. What I like is she's, she's not trying to cause trouble and it doesn't show her causing trouble for her family. Cause a lot of times you take that kind of misfit and you put them in a story and like they cause this whole big mess for their family. But in the end, everybody's like, well, but it's okay. Cause we love you for who you are. And it works out in the end, but she's not doing, she Which doesn't a make another a Jane Austen movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're all, they're all kind of similar. I'll be honest. This one. No, but like there is one where you have the main character who just causes trouble the entire time. And like that yeah. movie drives me crazy. Cause I'm like, why is the woman always the troublemaker? And so that's right. like why I yeah. like this as well. Um, but I also love how you have Darcy, who's the main character, who is this big, rich, like worldly man who get who it's like the worst proposal of ever. Like if you were to propose to someone and really just botch it in the worst way, he does it like he's so awkward. He doesn't understand that he just told her like she's not worth his time, but he's going to marry her anyway because he loves her, even though she's not worthy of anything. <laughs> yeah. He's not smooth. Mr. Darcy How, is not what do you mean I operator. insulted you? <laughs> yeah. But, what? but that's what I love about their relationship too, is right from the beginning, the first time that they meet, it is clear that they are equals here. Like she is as smart and as witty as he is. And like he realizes that right off the bat, she's not the normal, like doting over guys kind of girl that he's seen. And I'm not saying that every girl in that no, society was that like time, that, you know, but during that time, I think it was common. And I think he immediately recognizes she's different mm-hmm. and you see that grow throughout and they're good for each other. Cause she'll call him out. She's not afraid to call him out on his crap and the stuff that he says and does, which is good. Cause he steps in it a lot. But I will say, Val, I think the more awkward proposal was Mr. Collins to her. Like, you got to make sure you're on the same page when you're going to propose to somebody. That's (laughs) That's just embarrassing for you. That one was just she didn't want to be there. 
But this yeah. guy, like Darcy to come in and be like, against everything yeah. in the world, I still think we should be together. Like, you yeah. know, against my, against your better judgment, like I should be saying yes to you. Like it's, yeah. it just, to me, it was so funny. And, and I'm going to throw this out there. Um, I've already related this movie to Creed three because yes. there's a scene okay. in Creed three where they take all of the background out and it's just them fighting. And I said, there's the scene in Pride and Prejudice that is me immediately when I saw that, I thought of this because they're kind of at odds the whole time. And then she agrees to dance. Did I just agree to dance with him? You know, it's yeah. really unfortunate because, you know, I vowed to loathe him for my entire life. But there's <laughs> right. also this, this tension of love between them, right? There's this other tension. And so they're dancing together and all of a sudden everyone goes away. Yeah. And for me, what I liked so about, about it so much in both movies is that sometimes you have to deal with the person that's in front of you and not with what the world around you thinks that you need to do about what's happening in your life. And I think very often, instead of me dealing with the situation in front of me, you're like, well, but what kind of mom is, am I supposed to be? What kind of wife am I supposed to be? What kind of woman am I supposed to be? What kind of podcaster am I supposed to be? What kind of movie critic am I supposed to be? How about we just look at what we need to deal with right now? And mm -hmm. I really just love that scene, not only because of what, what it represents, but I also love the camera work in yeah. um, when they're anytime they're in a ball, they do almost like a lot of one shots Yeah, where they're yeah. moving simultaneous just the flow the that. flow of the camera work just calms me down yeah. yeah and and i love when i see because pulling off one shots is so difficult and to, especially when you have and we talked about this with like creed and some of these other movies where they have these action scenes the tendency is to just get a lot of shots and just edit them together and just splice them together but the fact that you have this camera moving while you have all the choreograph you got to choreograph the camera as well as the as the actors. And, and I there's love so that. many people packed yeah. in this small area, and it's just this mm -hmm. fluid motion. And, it just gets me so excited. And now, now the cameras are a lot smaller, and the mm -hmm. stabilizers are a lot smaller. This being back yeah. in what 2006, yeah, I mean, you still had bigger. big cameras that you've got to, and you've got to have set focal lengths. Like you 2005, can't have yeah. Yeah, you can't yeah. you can't have somebody get too close to the camera or too far away because they're going to be out of focus or out of frame, and especially when you're broadcasting it up on a giant screen, it's going to show. So you've got to have everybody hitting their mark perfectly to get that kind of shot down. That's it, I love, it's, it, it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. I love that scene with the two of them dancing, Val, and I liked how it compared to the scene right before that where she's dancing with Mr. Collins. Because then you can see the difference there where you talk about in the one, she is focusing on Mr. Darcy, the person in front of her, and everything kind of goes away. But with Mr. Collins, it is the opposite. She is yeah. desperately trying to get and talk to anyone. <laughs> and he keeps trying to bring stuff up and talk to her. And every time he's getting close to like giving her a compliment or whatever, she moves on to the next person. I know that's the dance that they were doing, but yeah. she's clearly like not making eye contact with him and not. And I love that they put those two kind of back to back because that really emphasizes in the second one how much yeah. she's focused on him. Well, and I think uh, it shows how their home. lives are chaotic without each other as well. Yeah. Like they just fit well. And the other movie that I'm going to relate this to, which I know is not going to be um, a good one for a lot of people, 
Um, but, and I might get some mail about this, but, um, so twilight, <laughs> um, I'm just gonna, coming. I'm just gonna put another, this out there because I have read, I have read Jane Austen. I've read pride and prejudice. I have right. listened to the story. I have watched the movie. I have read every twilight book. You may not have known this about me and I have seen every twilight movie and, if you watch the first two Twilight movies and you read those two books and you read this book and or listen to it and then watch this movie, you will see how unoriginal Twilight is because a lot of the things she was trying to create her own pride and prejudice, which yeah. she's yeah. inspired by a lot of things. But if you're a fan of it, I think you'll actually like watching the the this movie and then Twilight like back to back because there's a lot of things that she takes from the story that are both that are in both movies. Um, and I'm talking about Meyer, Susan. A, a, a woman who went to BYU who loved Pride and Prejudice? I'm shocked. But I'm just saying like, so one of the biggest things that's in both movies, um, but it's very, she makes it very, um, in Twilight, she makes it very specific is when Edward touches Bella and he does this thing with his hand that makes it like, oh my God, like yeah. grossness, right? In this movie and in the book, it's in both of Pride and Prejudice, um, Darcy, when he helps Elizabeth into the carriage and she's like, mm -hmm. why is he helping me exactly. when he walks away? He does that with his hand. It's also described in the book. So there's these little things back and forth. And there's a couple more I won't get into that. We could actually do a whole episode on pride and prejudice and twilight. What's, what's um, I know I'm not saying us, but you <laughs> we'll, could do we'll a do whole that. episode. Um, you're listening to it and you're a fan of the twilight stories and or movies. Um, you actually might like this movie a little bit because there are some things that mirror each other. Also in the second movie, when Bella is going through the seasons of her mourning of Edward, they do almost the same thing in that movie that they do in this, but Bella is sitting in a chair and looking out the window at the seasons changing and the camera is going around Bella instead of her going around in a swing. So there's a lot of things that are similar that are inspired by, um, and I know you, you first, you thought Creed and Pride and Prejudice, and then I just blew your mind with Pride and Prejudice and Twilight. I'm full of all these surprises. This, this, the, the way, you, but you weaved it. You made it work, which is <laughs> astounding. It I only made I it through Creed the first probably Twilight went movie. Further. I only made it through the first Twilight movie with the help of the MST3K guys um, oh. doing a riff tracks. They, they, they record now in order to get the licensing for some of the newer movies. They just record their commentary and their jokes, and then you download it and sync it up to the movie. That's the only way I made it through that movie. I mean, it's not meant for you, so. Yeah. Yeah. Years and, years and years ago when the twilight books were were in their prime of popularity uh -huh. we were at a dinner with some people in our neighborhood and uh we had just started hearing about the twilight books and uh one of the ladies was big into him she's like i just love the twilight books and her husband was like i don't get it i don't get why she's always reading it and he's like and the other day she asked me a question and i gave her my honest answer and she just looked at me that's not what Edward would have said. And then turn around <laughs> and I thought to myself, I hope 
that Erica never reads those books because I don't <laughs> think I can match up with a vampire. But yeah, that's what has been healthy is that okay. these are just books. Yeah. Um, that's not what Edward would have said. <laughs> yeah, it took me until it took me until book three. I held off and held off, but my sister and all of her girlfriends were reading them and they were all going to um, the book release of the third book, the third or fourth, I don't remember. And I was like, fine. So in one weekend, because that's how quick they are, I read to catch up and then I went with them to the book release and got the new book and then read that in another weekend. Um, it's just brain candy, but I kind of wanted yeah. to be like, I wanted to feel like a part of the group, you know, sure. of the of the ladies. And like, I didn't hate them, but again, it's, I think it's young teen writing. This isn't like, um, this, this isn't like Pulitzer Prize winning writing, right? Um, and then because I'm a completionist and I saw, I read all the books, I wanted to see all the movies and there was a whole bunch of like, stuff behind it but a lot of times we went to the movies with our husbands like as a big group and we're, we're just laughing like the whole time because they're also just funny but not in a way that most people thought they were funny but we would laugh but yeah I don't it's, see any issue why people shouldn't like them because it's just like when Jane Austen's books came, like? just it when Jane Austen's books came out they said she's a frivolous you know, female writer who's writing about romantic things that don't matter, they do matter. They do matter. And, you know, I think that there's obviously definitely people that need and want to read. And that's yeah. why there are different books and movies for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I used to be, <clears throat> now we talked before, mm -hmm. we both went to film school and we became film snobs for a while. Yeah. And, and so I used to be very judgy about stuff like how could you like that? Or that's so yeah. dumb or, and now I'm just like, it's like, okay, this isn't for me, but if yeah. you like it, I'm totally cool with it. Like, I'm not going to crap on your, the stuff that you enjoy. And if you don't yeah. like it, I may not, I might be like, Oh, that's a bummer, but I'm not going to be like, I can't talk to you anymore. You know? And, and, but I will tell you, this was kind of fun. We, we, uh, we were interviewing a guy for a, a graphic design position of my work. And he doesn't know anything about me, doesn't know that I'm a movie guy and that I used to teach film. And we just asked him, like, what are like what kind of movies do you like? Because we'll talk about movies at work and stuff. And he's like, you know, I'm really um, I really like old stuff. Like I'm into like Singing in the Rain and Citizen Kane. And I'm like, okay. And then he's like, but then I like like modern stuff, like um, what's what's the the movie where the basement, uh, the horror movie trying to think of it. We both saw it, Val. Um, I think you saw it where there's like the monster in the basement of the house. It's got the guy. Anyway, anyway, Malignant. I probably blocked it out. So I wouldn't be freaking scared. I'm in a basement right now. I live in a basement. But anyway, so then he like mentions that and then he goes, but then I also like Swedish films from like Ingmar Bergman. And I'm like, wow. Did you meet your new best friend? I Tracy? <laughs> You're going from Ingmar Bergman to like modern horror. I'm like, all right, this is this is kind of cool. I'm Something like, so, out there for everybody. You know, there there's more of me out there. This is great. So I'm not alone. That, that is good news. But, <laughs> but I will check out Moe's Afraid and get back to you. Please do. Yeah. Should we uh, grade? Yeah. We should grade. Hey, we should I'm going to go first just because I'm going to give it the lowest grade I can tell. Um, I didn't hate the movie. This just isn't my genre. It's not my my cup of tea, if you will. 
um the cinematography is beautiful the music is great but um just people i don't know because i know they took a lot of the dialogue like straight from the book and i just have a hard time with it and i'm I'm just gonna go see because this is just on a pure entertainment level it just isn't it isn't my thing but it's and that's one of my lower grades that i've ever given but i don't want to poop on what stuff that other people like but it's just not not for me but um but the cinematography and the music was great yeah i i think this is a b for me um it it's probably not one that i would seek out and watch by myself but my wife likes these movies and mm-hmm. so this is one that i'm like yeah if you want to put it on let's sit and watch it together like i and i wouldn't have a problem sitting and watching it i think it is well done i think similar to you tracy this isn't necessarily the genre that i would look for to watch something in but i think out of that genre this is one of the better done films that i enjoyed more than some of the others um, i do think it is beautifully shot i think the music is really well done and i do think that the performances are strong um and i love donald sutherland in this one i think his dad mr bennett character is great and having daughters of my own like i want to be that kind of dad that's like look i get that the marriage looks good on paper but you kind of don't like this guy at all is the impression i got are you sure that you want to marry him and i think he he was just a really good dad so anyway a b for me one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when uh they're out kind of by the lake and he's like from this day forward well, your one of your parents, you know, isn't going to talk yes. to you, and like, and, and I love it because she thinks, you know, that she's going to be on their mom's side. But you know, so if you marry Mom him, won't talk to you if you don't marry him, and if you do, one, I'm going to stop talking to you. Yeah, so I that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie um, for a couple different reasons. But I think I think it was very well cast. This movie is an A for me because I think it's an easily consumed movie that doesn't skimp on anything. Is it the best movie ever made? No, but you can put it on the background of something and you can get right back to it. It doesn't need to be explained to you. It's a universal story. And sometimes when you have easy to consume movies that are universal stories, they they don't give it everything they could. And I think that they didn't skimp on the acting, the script, the cinematography, anything. And I just love how easy it is to consume. And sometimes you just need a movie that you watch that doesn't need to be explained to you. And that's why I like this movie so much. Maybe that's my problem because I watched it and then I had to have my wife explain it to me so I could be ready to talk about it today. So that might be my issue, Val. So I'm just not there on this movie yet, but. I think you have uh, to see it one million times like me, and then yes, and then truly yes. Um, I I did find a movie that I'm excited to check out. You guys, um, I found an old Tom Hardy movie called Minotaur that I need to check out, and I'll get back to you on. And because it okay. looks like the Minotaur creature looks like stop motion Rancor from Return of the Jedi. Okay, and I'm like, and Tom Hardy looks like he's about 15 years old. So I will get back to you on that one. But I discovered okay. that one last night. All right. Well, that could be a crapshoot or something <laughs> like an amazing gem of a I'm, find. I'm sure it's going to be awful, but you know, that's yeah. okay. Sounds well, good. I can't <laughs> wait to hear about it. <laughs> hey, hey, if nothing else, you can talk to your new friend at work about it. If you got <laughs> I don't know if you hired him or not, but 
should we should we watch Prometheus next week just to stay with the peas? I like Prometheus. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. We're looking for another P movie. That, that's one that a lot of people don't like, but I like that one. I mean, then I we hit all the genres. Side adventure. Side adventure. Uh, I don't know Prometheus at all. Is it's that a, one? Is that the alien so one? It is a. It's a sci-fi yeah. movie, and it's... it has uh, Michael Fassbender, Charlize Theron, uh, Idris Elba, Kai Pierce. Okay. It came out in 2012. Um, it's the prequel to Alien. Yeah. So if I haven't seen all the Alien movies, am I going to get this one? I, I'm okay. so bummed because he does such interesting things in Prometheus and Alien Covenant, and they have a major cliffhanger in Covenant, and we're never going to get the third Alien film. And I'm so bummed. Never say never. No, they're not. He's he's doing other things, and the studio's rebooting it with a new movie and a new TV series. They're never going to go back and finish that up, but. Michael Fassbender in those movies are outstanding. He's outstanding yeah. human. It's true. I guess we're doing Prometheus next week, so be <laughs> here for it, guys. <laughs> there's there's a, there's a scene in there that I'm curious. I, I don't know if that's going to be Jake appropriate. So. Uh-oh. Yeah, we uh, might need to talk off air. Okay. We'll talk about <laughs> it. We may be doing Prometheus. We'll see after Tracy explains what's going on here. So, yeah. So. Uh, all right. Well, it's there you go. Thank Scott, you. too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for watching, listening. We appreciate it. Um, we appreciate your support. Please consider joining our patron or Patreon and becoming a patron. Um, Three dollars a month gets you exclusive access, like episodes that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, and keep an eye out for some of that fundraising. We'll start posting some links so you guys can start donating, and we would really appreciate your support there as well. And until next time, we won't see you at the movies. Insert generic Tracy tagline here. This has been an Age of Geek media production. 